welcome to the Casey City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You are ever poised to do a work when the heart is uh, receptive, open for the word of life to take root in our hearts. We thank you for what you're about to say and do. In our midst, O oh God, in every heart this morning, we bless you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. It's so wonderful to be able to meet together. Yes, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. Wonderful. It might be a handful, but it's wonderful. Amen. And thank you, Gathri and the team, and um, for leading us um, into the presence of God and, and uh, the song, The Goodness of God. You know, that song led me through one of the darkest times in my life. It was like an anthem. Daily, I would be playing. I would be playing when I clean, when I cook, when I lie down. I would just, day and night, the goodness of God. The goodness of God take us through um, all seasons, all seasons, not just the dark seasons, all seasons. Let this goodness this morning flow. Um, I, my platform today, what I'm going to share is from John 8, 1 to 12. And it talks about Jesus uh, was in Mount Olives. He went back to Mount Olives, and in the morning, he was uh, teaching at the temple. And the word right after was, soon the crowd came. Soon, you know. Everywhere Jesus went, the crowd followed him. And, and uh, before I, I go further, I just want to take you back. That was John 8. Let me take you back a little before John 6 and 7. Uh, that will lead to John 8. In, in, in John 6, and we are very, very familiar, it started out again, Jesus was teaching, and um, a huge crowd, not just a, a huge crowd, followed him. And that is when he fed the 5,000, right? And the huge crowd, and that was man alone. The Bible said the man alone was 5,000. And Jesus spoke to Philip, and he was actually testing Philip, right? And said, where do we find the bread to feed all these people? The words say that he already knew what he was going to do, but he was testing Philip. And Philip immediately answered, Lord, um, we can be working for months, and the money will not be able to feed all these people. His mind immediately was calculating in the natural setting, right? Months, and yet he would not be able to feed all these people. And the next thing was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter. He shouted out, there w- in the crowd, there, there was a young boy with uh, five barley loaves and two fish, right? And uh, what good is that? That it's not sufficient to feed the crowd, right? What good is that? You know what? He despised, he was looking at the amount. And we know that Jesus gave 
thanks with a little. And he fed that 5,000 men. How about the women and the children? This is the crowd that we are talking about, right? And very soon he fed, and let me just fast forward a little bit, and, and, and to, to when after he was feeding, the crowd day and night was just following Jesus because of the signs and the miracles. They were following him. They were desperate. And then they went to, to where miracle happened. They didn't see Jesus. They didn't see the disciples. And they were frantically, desperately following Jesus. Right. They are like the groupies. And then Jesus, they found him. And Jesus said, you followed me. Because I gave you bread, because of the signs and wonders. And then they were um, talk, talking about Jesus, you know, teach us how to do this miracle so that we can do this miracle. We can do the work of God. And Jesus told them, the only work is to believe in him that was sent. Is to believe in Jesus, the only work. You see, with Philip, with Andrew, their minds, though they were receiving teaching from Jesus day and night for years, almost three years, and they still can't quite grasp Jesus, who he was, who he is today. Right? He, who he was to them. They kept analyzing, understanding with the mind of the world, their natural mind. And then later, and, and, and these people, they want to do the work of God, of God and say, so that we can, you teach us, teach us so that we can do the work like you do. But Jesus said, the only work is to believe in Jesus, in himself. Then, you know what? And Jesus continued to teach about the bread, that he is the bread sent from heaven. He's the bread given to them that if you eat this bread, you will not hunger again. And, and there was commotion, there was div divisiveness, there was, uh, how can he say that he is the bread of life from heaven, you know? And then talk about the father and, and that his father. Um, and they, they are trying to tell him that, you know what, Abraham, our father, uh, gave us this bread. And Jesus is teaching, trying to get them to understand where he came from and who he was. And even his natural brothers that grew up with him did not believe him. You know what, they told, the Bible say, if you read on after the session, dive in and study, the brothers him, themselves did not believe in him. And they told him, and at this point there was commotion and then the religious leaders were after him. You know, they were all constantly find out where he was. They tried to trip him, tried to catch him, uh, saying the wrong thing. And, and he was in hiding, you know, you know he kind of retreated. After the miracles, these people want to crown him king. And the Bible said that he slipped away, right? And he was in Galilee. He was hiding, you know, uh, in, not 
out of shame to stay away from the crowd because they are looking at the signs and wonders. They are not looking at the provider. They're focusing on the provision. And the brothers told Jesus, hey, why are you hiding in this small village in Galilee? Go, go to Judea where the crowd is and so that you can be famous. You see? So that the crowd, the world can know you, know about you. Again, their minds were fashioned and, and caught up in fame, in success of the world. And Jesus remained constant, remained faithful to who he was and where he came from. Whilst his disciples, his family did not understand, can't quite grasp it, right? We are talking, the crowd, can you imagine they came in thousands, right? Now, I want to take you back to John chapter 8. Then when Jesus sat down, the Bible said, soon the crowd came. Can you just imagine the crowd? Wherever he was, right? Wherever he was, the crowd came and sought after him. So, this is the crowd. Thousands. Thousands of people there. And he sat down. He started teaching. He started teaching the people and... Now, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, what did they do? As he was teaching, the Bible said that they caught a woman in action, a doubtless woman in action. They caught her. And then they took her right in the middle of the crowd where Jesus was teaching, in the middle of the crowd. And they told Jesus, according to the law of Moses, this woman should be stoned to death. To be stoned, right? It means to death. The actions of this religious leader was to catch, to shame, and to bring to death. Today, there is this pervasive and aggressive and divisive spirit in the world appearing to do what is right. The fallen man, the serpent lied to mankind with right and wrong. sought to catch, to shame, and to bring to death. That is the spirit of the world, to bring to fear. And Jesus here, let's see what did Jesus do to this woman. And they wanted an answer. They asked Jesus, 
Hey, what do you do? They asked him, this is the law of Moses say that you, she should be stoned to death. But Jesus answered them by bending down and he wrote on the dust. Jesus came down to the level of the woman. He did not answer in high and mighty, this is me. He came down to the level of the woman that was caught and shamed and about to be stoned to death according to the law of the land then. He wrote the answer. But you know what? You read on, the religious leaders demanded. They were demanding an answer. Even though Jesus wrote on the sand, they were still demanding. You know what? If they would humble themselves and bow down and come closer, they would have known what the answer was. But they were still demanding. At this point, Jesus stood up. Jesus stood up and declared something very powerful. He said, all right. Let he who has no sin cast the first stone. And he bent down again and wrote on the sand. They heard him, and this time he wrote on the sand, I believe, this is my personal belief, that was for the woman. Three times. You need to know Jesus has always been living a consistent lifestyle, carrying the same message, not swayed by the crowd, not intimidated by the crowd. And he's the bread of life. Before that, he said he's a living water that you will not thirst again. He's a bread of life that you will eat and never hunger again. And after he declared, do you know what? There's power in our declaration. When the enemy can't hear you, you declare into the air what the Lord, the message of God, the kingdom message. Let he who had no sin cast the first stone. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God from Romans 3. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why we need Jesus. And in Romans 8, 1, he said, Therefore, you know, there is no condemnation for him who, are, who is in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are free of condemnation. You know that after he declared that, he wrote down, he bent down again. You know, one by one, the Bible starting from the oldest. One by one left until only 
only Jesus alone stood in the crowd with the woman. Just remember, I painted it for a story, not a story, you know, of the crowd. It wasn't just a handful of us like today. It's not just a handful or hundreds. Remember, crowds came after him. They pursued him. There was 5,000 before the miracles. Only men. Could be 20,000. Just imagine the crowd that was there. Is that not one left? I don't think that everyone committed adultery, but all have sinned. Young and old. Started from the oldest to the youngest, right? Only Jesus left. No one has the right or the power to condemn when we are in Christ Jesus. No voices can condemn you and I when we are in Christ Jesus. One by one left. Only Jesus left. And then he stood up and asked, he asked the woman, where are your accusers? Are there no one here to condemn you? And the woman answered, No, Lord. No, Lord. Now, Jesus was left in the middle alone with the woman. And Jesus' presence, my title is What's Changed? Everything changed. Everything changed wherever Jesus went. That is the power of our Lord Jesus. He was not limited or intimidated by crowds. The people are all there hungry. He wasn't in a, didn't, didn't have a panic button. Oh no, what do I do? He already has a plan. He already knew what he was going to do. And Jesus was not intimidated by the voices of the accusers. Ready to catch and stone and try to trap him to use his statement against him. He didn't shrink. He stood in the middle. Can you just imagine the woman, what she was feeling? She was caught, just, just clothed with shame, condemnation, Fear, stress, loneliness. Oh my goodness. I can't hide now. I've been brought right in the middle. Jesus stood there. In the middle of those voices. And Jesus stood there in her loneliness. While everyone left. They were told not to cast the stone. They could have been there to comfort. No one left. 
but Jesus did. This is the powerful presence of Jesus. You know what? If there are voices externally accusing you, we are in a season, a time that the world's full of voices. It's very divisive, aggressive, presenting as what is right to do. If you feel condemned, Jesus is there. He gives you the wisdom of heaven. The Bible says in 1 John 3, I think, 25, yeah, it says, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. Sometimes the word, the voices is from external. Sometimes it's from internal. If there are voices within you to condemn you that you're not good enough, to shame you, to accuse you, to minimize you, to tell you you're by yourself, you're alone. There is a lie. Jesus is right in the middle with whatever you're going through. And he is not just going to leave you there. He said, neither do I go. I have given you the spirit. You know what? Jesus was not intimidated by the crowd. And Jesus was not limited by the provision. And Jesus wasn't held back by where he came from. A small town. They are saying, any good can come out of Galilee? Have you not known anything good? Nothing good come from there. If you have a voice say that nothing good come from your family, from your small town, from where you were, Jesus wasn't limited. Neither will you, if you are in him. You know what? In John 8, 12, it says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, if you follow me, is an invitation. You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. He's the light. We don't have to live in darkness. He will lead us to life. The world present right and wrong and an atmosphere of fear, but Jesus present a life. And the Spirit, overcoming faith. Jesus present light and Spirit and overcoming faith. In him. When the music around us, the music in the world begin to fade away. But 
we can simply come. We can simply come to Jesus. What he has started, he will finish. His promise is, I will never, I will never leave you nor forsake you. His word is yes and amen. He is not a liar. He is consistent. He is faithful. He wants to empower you with an overcoming faith. I would like to invite the music team to come. We thank God. We are out of lockdown, sixth lockdown in Victoria. We went through many rehearsals. <laughs> Things can open up and the next day and shut down. We thank God for this. We are out of lockdown, but don't trust in the system of the world. Things happen. Jesus is your hope. He's your light. He's your bread. He's your water. You're thirsty? Drink. If your soul is thirsty, drink. Drink. If you're hungry or desperate, eat. From this bread of life. As we're going to worship. When the music fades. All is stripped away. There will be a day everything will be stripped away. Practice His presence. Know that Jesus is right there in the middle with you. He's right there right now. No shame. No fear. No hopelessness. He broke the curse and released His blessing. As Guthrie and the team leaders, draw your eyes to Jesus. Get intimate with the Holy Spirit. He wants to be very intimate. He's knocking the door. If you are already in Christ, get familiar with the leading of the Holy Spirit. He's full of power. He's the one going to resurrect you from your hopelessness. If death is at your door, Holy Spirit comes and shoo it away. At His presence, be overwhelmed by the presence of God this afternoon.